Jesus, I got just a few minutes here. I want to talk to you. So y'all are getting a little freebie here, okay? Because uh, I'm not going to be giving this in the second service. So you consider yourself special, Amen. Now I, I tell you, it is. This is some uh, something I've been going after for a, a while. So, but I'm just sort of going to give you the, the highs and lows of it. Uh, what I want to talk to you about, well, really, what I want to talk it's, it's about the mind of Christ still. Uh, but this is a little bit of a different angle on it. In particular, this is to me is really important that we we get this. So I'm going to start out with reading Romans seven twenty one through twenty five. And uh, this is it says this. I find then a law. Everybody say a law. That evil is present with with me. The one who wills to do good. This is a famous verse in the Bible. Every, everybody has scratched their heads over this one. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Everybody say law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. Talking about lots of laws here, isn't it? Which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, get this, everyone in this room, I want you to get this. With what? With the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Okay, now, that's really important that you understand, really, the... the the way we actually live out our Christian life and the way we walk out our Christian life is we have to use the mind, okay? And it is the renewed mind of Christ. It is having the mind of Christ. Okay, so that's really why if you're going to be successful in your Christian life, if you're going to really walk in all that God has for you, you really have to capture this renewed mind of Christ. You have to really come into that. That's really why I've been talking to you guys about that because this, this, that's how you serve God says it right there. Also talks about spiritual laws here. Talks about a law of sin, which is in our flesh. Okay? Talks about the law of our mind. It talks about the law of God. I mean, so these, those are like three laws that operate in us, you know, for the three parts of us. You know, the flesh is the law of sin. Okay? Right? The heart, who you are, the law, the law of God, which is the law of love. And then your mind's what we call the law of mind, the law, the law of your mind. So you see that, that there's these these laws that that operate um, in us. Uh, there's this big lie in the church that says that we are not under the law. Okay, we're not under the law of Moses. That's been fulfilled. But there are spiritual laws that are at work all the time. Okay, there are spiritual laws that are at work all the time. Just like there are natural laws that are work all the time. And so if we're going to really learn how to walk in the spirit world, or what, or walk in the spirit, however you want to term that, if you want to be successful at that, you, we need to, to learn about the laws that govern the spiritual world. Because there are laws that govern the spiritual world. Uh, just like there are laws that govern uh, this world. Um, people who don't, don't realize this, but... Jesus said, this is what he said about Satan. This is what he called him, the lawless one. Okay? The lawless one. So when we take this hard attitude of throwing off law, all laws, then we are taking on the attitude of Satan, who has tried to throw off every law there is. Are y'all following me? 
Okay, now I'm not talking about legalism this morning. I'm talking about learning how to function in the spiritual world, learning how to walk our Christian lives out on this earth and by understanding the laws that govern all this. Okay? You, are you with me? You know, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay, here's the bathwater. The bathwater is the law of Moses. But the baby is all the other spiritual laws that, are, are, that Jesus never did away. That actually, Jesus came and said, no, these laws are real laws. The law of God, the law of love is a very real law that, must, that, must, that we must operate on. The Bible uses several terms. It calls the law of liberty, the law of grace, the law of love, the law of faith. All these are, something, uh, are terms that are in the New Testament that were never done away with. Okay, they were never, they, they were, and they will never be replaced. In fact, the three highest laws that they are is the law of love, the law of hope, and the law of faith. And the Bible clearly states they will never be done away with. Are you following this? You're just looking at me. Okay. Uh, let me read this First Timothy 1.8. And we'll come back to that Romans 7. I really want you to get this. This is fascinating. If, I mean, if you are interested in connecting to the spiritual world, if you're connected... If you want to connect in, in the revelatory realm, this, is, this will really help you do that and will help you sustain your walk there. This is what Paul told Timothy. We know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Okay, now, now, now here's the key. You can take any law there is and you can use it illegally. In other words, uh, there's a thing called the law of electricity. I'm just going to give you that example because I, under, I understand the law of electricity pretty good. Okay? You can circumvent the law of electricity. You can fudge on the law of electricity, okay? But you can get killed doing that. You can burn your house down doing it. I can go back there on that wall plate right now because I understand the law of electricity. I can open that thing up, pull, pull, take the screws out, pull that little switch out without turning the power off to it, take it all loose, okay, with, with it energized. really shouldn't be doing that because you can get shot, Okay? You see what I'm saying? If you, the law is good, the law of electricity is a great law until we use it illegally. Until we start trying to, then we can burn our houses down. So we want the people who are designing circuits like in your homes or in your businesses out there in, in the industry, we want them to really understand the laws of electricity. Uh, we want the people who design those switches out there to really understand the law of electricity. Right? We really want them to because we, need, we don't need devices that are going to destroy us. Well, it's the same thing with the spiritual laws. If we're going to really function out of heaven and we're going to really tap into all that God has for us, we have to really begin to pull those laws into our lives and begin to use them and use them properly. And you can use every spiritual law illegally. Okay? Here's a great example. The law of leadership in the Bible. Here's what the law of leadership says. The greater will be the servant of all. In other words, Jesus' law for leaders was you're to serve. When you begin to start managing, when you begin to start manipulating, when you begin to start, you know, uh, demanding from people you're supposed to be serving, you have broken the law of leadership. Okay? And sooner or later, it's going to break you. Are you following this? So that's why Paul said, laws are good. The spiritual laws that we have, they're wonderful if we use it rightly. They're bad if you use it uh, wrongly. Okay. Uh, Here's some more. Let me just give you some. Are y'all following this? Is this interesting to you? I, this is totally fascinating to me. I've spent a long time trying to get it. Here's some of the laws. Uh, the, here's a great one. The law of receiving. Okay? 
is let this mind be in you, Philippians 2, 6. You know, I've talked to you about this. Whatever you try to do in the spiritual realm, the harder you try, the less successful you're going to be. It's because you're breaking the law. The law of receiving, the law of receiving says you get it, you let it happen, you receive it. That's a, that's a very powerful, powerful law. Uh, the law of transformation, law, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Only the renewed mind, only the, only the mind who's allowed the law of transformation to work in them can really see into the spiritual world. Uh, the law of attraction, I've talked to you all about that one a lot, right? The law of attraction, the spiritual world, like attracts like, right? Like attracts like. The devil is attracted to bitterness. The devil is attracted to unforgiveness. Jesus says, to him who has, more will be given. And to him who does not have, what he even has is he's going to lose. He's talking about spiritual. Matthew's a very important law. Because in the spiritual world, I know I've said this to you, in the spiritual world, unforgiveness is like a, uh, a uh, have you ever seen rubber burn? How the nasty black smoke, that's what it looks like to the demons in the spiritual world. Unforgiveness, bitterness. They are very attracted to it. They'll run to it when they see it in our hearts. It's like that's just a sign to them. It's a very unclean thing. Nobody wants to see tires burn. They don't want to smell them. Uh, the law of peace, and this is sort of tied into the law of attraction, the law of peace. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. Luke 10, 6. Okay? Now, when we have peace operating on us, we're going to attract peace. Okay? And our peace is going to go out looking for other peace. But if there's no peace there, it's going to come back to us if we're a person, a man of peace. The law of the future, this is one of my, I've talked to you about this, the future, in the spiritual world, the future impacts the present. Remember that? Now, I know a lot of you still haven't got that one. The future impact. This is what Jesus says, uh, John 16, 13. Uh, speaking of the Spirit, He'll tell you things to come. John 15, He talks about He's going to show you these things so you may operate faith in that direction. Really is the way God, He didn't mean for our past to, to uh, impact the present. He meant for our future to impact our present. That's really important. Because the Spirit's always looking at the, our futures and saying, live into the future. Come out of the future. That's why David was able to do a lot of things he did that really in his day were not, he was, what he did with the tabernacle of David was totally against the law of Moses. Totally. He broke every law there was when he took the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and stationed it at his house. And any person could see it. It went against everything the law of Moses said. And why was he able to get away with that? Because he saw into the future and pulled it into the present. And God allowed that because he was living out of what God was showing him. Y'all see that? So these are just a few of these laws. But like I, I mentioned, the law of love, law of faith, and law of hope are the most important laws in the Bible. Law of love, law of faith, law of, law of hope. Are y'all good? Yeah, I said a lot in ten minutes. I feel like I'm going really fast. I've gotten used to preaching fast in this church. Huh? It's hard to take notes. All right, let's turn to first. I'm sorry, Rhonda. It's not my fault. Y'all have trained me this way. Okay? You've trained me to go fast and just be done with it. All right, First Thessalonians 5. I'm preaching like i got 10 minutes for some reason. I don't know why. i got 30, man. I usually have 10. First Thessalonians 5, 8 through 11. I really want you guys to get this. Okay? I really do. Because if I could say anything about what God has been teaching me about walking in the Spirit, this has been one of the most important things there, there has been, is learning how the Spirit world works, learning how the Spirit world is governed, and learning how to obey those rules and, and function with those laws. It helps me to connect with the spiritual world and helps me to have a sustained spiritual experience instead of just random 
See, for much of my Christian life, my spiritual experience, or much of my life, really, but we're talking about the, 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 the good side, the, the Christian side of it, the Holy Spirit side of it, it was, it was random. I had random experiences. Random, random, you know, just random. Random things, random visions, random dreams, random revelations. It was all just random, just happenstance. It's the way it felt to me. Okay? And when God began to teach me, that's not really the way you're meant to live. That's just, this stuff's available all the time. You can walk in this, and you're meant to walk in this. You're meant to tap into the spirit world all the time, but you have to learn how the spirit world operates. Okay? And so I began to see uh, these things. And so have you ever been in a situation where uh, something didn't feel right to you? Okay? Something was, something. you know what it was? There was a law that was being trespassed. You may not be able to put your mind around what was happening, but you knew even though what was being said and what was being done looked right, seemed right, but it did not feel right to you. You, you couldn't explain it. It's because a spiritual law was being broken. And the Holy Spirit, he, he's, he doesn't like that. So, that, you see, your discernment is telling you something's not right here. Okay? So what happens is you need wisdom, the wisdom of what the Scripture teaches so you can understand what's wrong so you can not make sure you don't get sucked into something. Because I went one time for over a year in a situation that was about to kill me, and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand it. My logical mind was telling me everything opposite. And come to find out, it was because it was a trespass going on, a spiritual trespass. Somebody had stepped over the line, and I couldn't figure it out. And it, and it, was, just, it was just weird to me. And kept me messed up for over a year. So, well, it really what God wants to teach us is how, how do you function in this world? How do you function and, and understand what's really happening spiritually around you? So you can be able to, you know, really be successful in life and not get drugged into stuff and, and blindsided by things. Okay? All right. But since we are, First Thessalonians 5, 8 to 11. Come on, get excited back there. You know? Out there. Wherever are you? But back there. Come on. Are y'all back there? Somebody back there? They already, the ones that are back there are excited. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, okay, breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So notice, I'm going to just go ahead and try to help you here. Notice faith, notice love, and notice hope, okay? Just notice those. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for attaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with Him. Isn't that good? We're meant to live together with the Lord Jesus right now. That's what He's talking about. Whether you're dead or alive, you can be with Him. You can enjoy Him. Okay? Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, build up one another, just as you also are doing. All right, so what we see here, there's this breastplate, the breastplate of faith and love. Okay, now this is important. The breastplate, as you um, can imagine, covers what part of you? Your heart, okay? And so love really is a matter of the heart, correct? That's where love originates. It's in your heart. In fact, the Bible tells us in was it Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is poured out where? It's poured out into your heart. That's where love, uh, the love of God first comes to you. It doesn't come to your mind. It comes into your heart realm. Okay? 
So that's where that. So that's why love is a matter. That's why it has this breastplate of love. Okay. Now faith is also also begins with the heart because the, what does the Bible say about faith in Galatians five six? It says faith works through love. You got that? Faith works through love. In other words, if you're not operating in love, your faith is going to be severely limited because love is the, the mechanism that God has given us for your faith to work. Now, how many people really would like for their faith to be a lot better than it is, to work a lot better? Okay? I'm going to show you how to do that. Okay? It's really, it's really, right, really clear in the Bible. The breastplate of faith and love. That's the law of faith, the law of love that begins to operate. So faith is a function of your heart. That's where it begins at. Love is a function of your heart. Now, now really, with love, okay, and everybody, should, everybody knows this, I believe, but let me just remind you. Love also, you have to make it, your mind is involved in love. And here's what the, the involvement of the mind is. Remember I said the mind is the, is the doorway into the spiritual realm. The mind gives permission. This is what happened to me. When I met Becky, I had to make a choice. Am I going to love this woman or not? Okay, every one of you made that choice at some point about the person you're in love. Your heart might have said, I love you, but you had, your mind had to give your life permission to love her. Because there were other women in my life before Becky that I was in love with. But my mind said, get away from them. That ain't somebody you really want to love because they're going to mess you up. Anybody? Yeah, you, you see that? Your mind is involved in love simply by choice, by giving permission or not giving permission. Okay? That's, that's important to know because you, you and I can receive the love of God in our heart, but our lives will not show it because our mind is saying, is, is saying no to it. Our mind refuses to believe it. Our mind tells us, how could God love you? All that stuff. God doesn't really love me. That's, that's your mind talking to you because the Bible says God has poured his love into us. So people who, believers who have a difficulty with this love, with being feeling loved by God and all that, their difficulty is not in their heart, their difficulty is in their mind. Okay? Christians who have a difficulty with faith, okay, they, they may have a difficulty with love, they may not. Because I know some Christians who really have a great revelation of the love, but they're still having difficulty in the arena of their faith. Okay? And this is, this is why. Okay? Are y'all following this? Okay? Faith, <clears throat> faith is also a function of the renewed mind. Okay? And this is really important to know. Faith is a function of the renewed mind, not just a function of the heart. It starts in the heart. Faith starts in the heart because of the breastplate of faith. That, that's where it begins at. It's a function of your heart. It's a function of the heart that's, been, that's received the love of God. It's, you know, and, and the Bible says every man's given a measure of faith. So that, where's that measure put at? It's not put in your head. It's put in your heart. It's, it's in there. But in order for you to really lay hold of that faith, something has to happen to your mind. Okay? He really does. That's why he's talking about the helmet. Yeah, the helmet. See, there's this helmet that's placed on our head, the hope of salvation. Okay? You, you follow this? See, see, your faith will never work without that helmet, without the renewed mind of Christ operating on you. It, faith doesn't work without hope, Right? Because what is faith? The, you know, the classic definition in Hebrew, the Bible definition, faith is, a, is the substance of things hoped for. Right? So that's part of what faith is made up. So in other words, if your mind, if you're not carrying the mind of Christ, if you don't have this renewed mind operating in you, you're going to have a really difficult time in your faith. 
your faith is just not going to function very well. It's going to be hindered. Right? Because there's another part of faith, and it's called seeing. The evidence of things not seen. So you've got to have the hope. See, here's what happens with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians say they have faith about stuff. And you listen to them talk, but really they don't have faith. They have hope. They don't really have faith because they're missing the other part. They're, they're, they're hoping something's going to happen. That's really key in our life. We all have to have this helmet of hope. This is the renewed mind. And we've got to have this hope in our life because if we don't have that, we'll never get to faith. But a lot of Christians are hoping for something that they're really not seeing. They're really not seeing it spiritually. And until you come to the point in your life and you really can, can add to your, your hope seeing something, I'm talking about really seeing it with the eyes of your heart, then you have real faith. It says that in Hebrews 11, 13. It says all these died in faith, right? That's what it says. Let me, can, I didn't give that one. Let me give this one to you. I didn't think I'd have time. Are y'all all right? This is really important to help you because if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you need to have, you need, your faith needs to work. And if you're going to do anything that God wants you to do, you better have real faith and not just hope because hope will not do anything in terms of really being able to lay hold of it other than keep you from killing yourself. That's pretty good, right? This is what it says, uh, Hebrews 11, 13, because people without hope wind up killing themselves, right? People who totally lose hope in life die. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having what? Seen them. See, they died in faith. They had faith operating in their life. But what they were seeing, what their faith saw was so far ahead that their natural life couldn't never get there. Okay? Just like many of us, you know, like my dad, my he died, you know, but he had this thing. He saw that Christ was going to return to the earth, but he died in faith knowing that Christ one day would return. That's, that's really what it's talking about. You know, that's an example they died without receiving it, but having what? Seen. Everybody say seen. Number one, you've got to see something. You've got to see something. With the eye, not with your brain, with the eyes of your heart. Having seen them, number two, having, and having welcomed them from a distance. Second part of faith is you have to embrace what you're seeing. You have to say, I, I agree with it. I agree that's what God's showing me about my life. I agree that's what God's telling me He wants me to do. I need to bring this into my life. I need to welcome this into my heart. I need to welcome this. It's something I'm going I'm to agree with God on this. Because you can disagree with him. Like, I don't really want to do that, Lord. I don't really want to mess with that. Because so you can have, God can be trying to show you something about your life and about what he wants you to do or what he wants you to lay hold of. And you can say, I don't want to. Anybody ever did that? Everybody has. Okay, have, and then having, having seen them from a distance and having confessed, Okay, now that's the last part right there. Because see, a lot of people want to start out if, with, with the last part, the confession. Right, did you see those, that progression? Seeing, welcoming, then you confess. Then you have power in what you're saying. That's what faith really is. It's made up of those, those three. That's the seeing part of faith. You see it, you welcome it, and then you can speak it. And when you speak it, that word that you spoke with your mouth has authority and power on it. Okay? That's how, that's how it's meant to work. But you are never going to see nothing. Not, let me say it. Nothing, nothing, nothing that's really real from God. You're going to be deceived if the helmet of hope is not sitting up there on your mind. 
Okay, because that's what renews the mind. Remember what I talked to you about last week, the imagination? It renews the mind. It gives you a real living imagination to be able to see things, to be able to see what God's seeing, see what God has for your life, and begin to lay hold of those things. Y'all see how this works? It really will change your life. Because here's what's happening a lot in Christianity. You've got people going around making confessions about things, and they ain't seen Jack. They just got a lot of hope. But they haven't seen nothing. Their mind, they're not walking around with this renewed mind to Christ. Okay? Their mind's not really renewed. They don't have that helmet sitting up there that's renewing them. They're not op- See, what they're trying to do is circumvent the law of hope. They're trying to make the law of faith work with them without bowing to the law of hope. Because the law of faith says, no, you've got to have, you have the law of hope for, for faith to be complete. And that's just a marvelous revelation if you can grab hold of what I'm saying to you. Now, I realize this. Everything I'm saying to you might sound like jibber-jabber to you if you're not hearing it with the renewed mind of Christ. Okay? But it's right there in the Bible. And it's really the way God designed us to live. He really designed us to tap into that world. Okay? Law of hope is for your mind. Law of faith starts in your heart, but you've got to have that law of hope. You've got to have that renewed mind for the law of faith to work. And the law of faith can't really work without the law of love working in your heart. And you begin to believe that the, that the Father really loves you. So, uh, Hebrews, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So hope is... Uh, it's a state of your mind. It's a positive. And I don't really want to use the word positive, but it, it, positive is a decent word to use. But it's not just positive thinking. It is, a, it is a true outlook. It's a positive. It's a hopeful attitude. It's a hopeful vision for your future. It's, it's seeing the positive. It's not looking at the negative. It's not looking at what you don't have. It's looking at what you do have. It's not looking at what God's not doing. It's looking at what God is doing. You see, when you begin to make those little shifts in your life about why ain't God doing this? Why ain't God doing Why is He not healing this person? Why don't I have breakthrough in this area? It's to start looking at what God has done, who He has healed, how He has healed you, how He has kept you. You see, that's what hope really looks like. Instead of, instead of laying awake at night worrying about stuff, about what, you, about what may happen, see, that's a really a bad thing that you're doing. Because you're, you're, you're living from fear. You're living from more of the enemy. You're living from his pictures. And that's, that's a, a, you know, the law of despair, the law of fear operating in your life. You see, God wants to free Christians from that. But here's our problem. We're always going to have to deal with that. But somewhere along the line, we have to have a breakthrough when those kinds of things don't have so much of a pull on us. Okay? Because we're living in a world that's going down. And, the, and we, need to, we need to be Christians who are going up. That's the way we're going to make it through when all the natural stuff starts falling down on us. We need to be people in our hearts and minds full of the love of God, full of the hope of our calling, full of the hope of the glory, okay? And full of the faith of Christ, the faith of Galatians 2.20 operating in our lives. All right, let me just go back. And so, are y'all, does any of this make sense to anybody in this room? Good. I'm glad there's a couple of people getting into this. I'm big into this. All right, let me go back to this thing in, uh, in Romans. I love this stuff. You know why I love it? Because it allows me to see the Lord. It helps me to see Him. Uh, back to Romans 7. Can you put that back up, Pam? Romans 7, that 24. 
I want to give you this picture, okay, that Paul wrote here. I love this picture because this is what we want to do. We want to set people free today, okay? Uh, the law of sin, okay? This is what used to just confuse me. For years, I couldn't figure this thing out. I'm born again. I've accepted Christ. My, I have been crucified with Christ. But I still want to see it so bad. Does anybody in this room feel that way? And I just well, why do I want to sin, Lord, if all this has happened? And this is what he said to me. Byron, I did not do away with sin. When you were crucified, sin was not crucified. Sin is very much alive. It's very much alive in this world, sin is. The law of sin is a very active and powerful law. The way it works, though, it goes after our flesh. That's why I wanted to sin. Even though I had been crucified, I'm still walking around in a fleshly body. And so the law of sin is at work in my members, my fleshly, carnal body. And I'm no different from you. It's at work in you. It's at work in everybody in this room. There's a law of sin operating in your body. And the cross did not get, away, get rid of that law of sin. But if we really come into a fuller revelation of the cross, we realize it did get rid of the members. If we will submit the members of our flesh to Christ. We submit, him, submit those members as instruments, what the Bible says, instruments of, of righteousness, which means instruments uh, it means uh, uh, instruments, of right, instruments of warfare is the literal. That's what our members are. They're instruments of warfare for God. That's, that's the literal meaning of that word. So I was going through this Christian life where it just nothing seemed to make sense because here I was, a good Christian person, really wanting to follow the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues like a maniac, dreaming dreams of God, but I wanted to sin. And get, I'm going to be honest with you. Guess what I still want to do? And guess what you still want to do? Everybody in this room still wants to sin. Why do we still want to sin? Because the law of sin has not been done away with. It's still working in you and me. It's still working in our flesh. Somebody says something to you. Something rises up in you. The law of sin saying, Welcome back. Go for that feeling. Go for that feeling. Jump them. You know, fire back at them. Retaliate. Don't anybody feel that way? <laughs> That's what the law of sin is. So, here's what Paul said. A richer man than him I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Okay? Now, in the, in the day that he wrote this, this is what the Roman Empire would do to a person who had committed murder. If, you, like if, if we were living back in those days and we killed a person, guess what? This, this is your punishment. They would get that person's body that you killed. Okay, They would take their body and then they'd take you. And they would tie your arms with their arms. In other words, they would tie that person. Becky was here, I would give you a great illustration. Matthew and Sarah, stand up here. I'll use them. Yeah, I, I want to use them as an illustration of what they did. Let's pretend for a minute. What we're going to do is we're going to pretend that Sarah killed Matthew. Okay, because that, that would probably be more that would happen. If, <laughs> just kidding. So what they would do, Sarah, you're going to put your, arms, uh, put your arms straight out, Matthew. They would tie her, they would tie his dead body there, there, around the torso, around here, around the back. And then they would push her out the door into the streets. And so she would be walking around the streets of Rome with this dead body on her. 
And that's why Paul was saying to them, Who is going to deliver me from this dead body? Because you know what was going to happen to the person? You're going to die sooner or later if some old rotten flesh is hanging off in you. Can you imagine having to face that rotten flesh? The smell of it, the stench of it, the disease of it? It would kill you. That's, that was the justice of the Roman Empire. And, and so they would, they would see people occasionally walking around with that dead body on them. That's why Paul was using that. See, he was using a picture. He was trying to get to those people's imaginations, remember? He was trying to get them to see a picture of something in their minds because it was something they saw spiritually. Who's going to deliver me? Who's going to set me free from that? And then he goes on to say, uh, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Meaning that the law of, of the mind can overcome the law of the sin in our flesh if we have the renewed mind. That's what he's saying. It's just like the law of aerodynamics can overcome the law of gravity. Right? An airplane can take off and overcome gravity. Law, that's the law of aerodynamics. It's a greater law than gravity. But I promise you, if you turn the engines off in an airplane up there in the air, the law of gravity is going to get it. And that's what happens to us. We'll be walking in, we'll be walking in the renewed mind of Christ, but we turn it off sometimes. Right? And guess what happens? It's like, woo, all of a sudden we're going headed to earth real hard and real fast, and we see the ground coming at us, and we know we're done. You see that? See that picture? And see, what God wants to do is He wants to teach us how to Allow the greater laws, the law, of, the law of love, the law of mind, the law of the renewed mind, that law of hope, the law of faith to work in our lives where we, where we deal with these things on a practical level. We deal with that dead body on a practical level. We don't give in to, to uh, its desires. Uh, you know, and there's lots of things you can do to help, but you can fast, you can, you know, prayer, fellowship. All those are things that God has given us to help us, uh, but those things really in the end won't help us if our mind is not being renewed. You understand what I'm saying? It really won't help us. Um, so I really want to embarrass you this morning about something. Uh, who in here in your life, now let's get real here, because if you're too good to get real in church, and if you are too prideful to get real in church about the sin in your life, then you're in the wrong church. We want to, get, we want to help you here this morning. We don't embarrass people, but if you are a person suffering with that dead body, hanging on you, and you feel like you're not having the victory in your life you really need to be having. That's really what I want, want us to do is really pray this morning for people who are really suffering in the law of sin as having more uh, power of you than the law of, of love and the law of your mind. Anybody like that? Let's come on out here. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of those people. There's not a day go by in my life where I don't face that law of sin. And have to have to deal with it, have to face it, and say, you know what? I can't submit to this law. I've got to submit to a higher law. I have, it's a choice every day. I have to make that choice. And some days, in some moments, I don't make a good choice on that. Some some moments, I I, I I don't make the right choice, and I wind up, you know, obeying the law of sin instead of obeying the law of a renewed mind and letting the Lord help me. One thing the Lord wants us to do, He says, thank be to God that Jesus Christ has, has set us free from, from the law of sin and the law of death. But He's not set you free 
just to be lawless. He set you free to obey some other laws. Okay? Now, is there anybody here that there's stuff going on in your life that you really don't understand? There's something that don't feel right in your life? You know what I'm talking about? Something's happening in your life and you really don't understand, but it just doesn't, something just doesn't feel right. Anybody suffering with that? Anybody out there? Y'all, you need to come here because what we want to do is see something's, something's happening with you. There's a spiritual law somewhere in your life being broken. Okay? And that's why I don't feel good. And, and maybe you can't explain it. it may not, I'm not saying you're breaking that law, but somebody around you, somebody close to you, somebody you're in a relationship could be breaking a spiritual law and it's messing you up. Anybody else got that? It really, really, really is a big deal. And those are things you really have to get. Because I'll tell you, over a period of time, that will wear you down and discourage you to the point where you just don't really, you just don't even feel like, you know, this is what you feel. I don't feel like messing with it. You know, you just, I don't feel like it. And you just sort of get into your flesh. So we really want to pray this morning for all you, you people. And I'm praying for you, but I'm saying I'm with you. I'm, and I'm in line with you. I'm in line as a person who deals and fights the law of sin constantly in my life. And honestly, I've not overcome it. I've not allowed the Lord at times to really be the Lord, you know, and dominate, you know, and have complete control of my life. I just want to, want to make that clear. So, so, Father, thank you today for Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that you're revealing uh, to us how to walk in the Spirit and how, to, how these things work in our life and how we can overcome these uh, things called the law of sin and how we can overcome uh, these other things when things are, are breaking, around off, breaking around us, Lord, and messing us up. Father, we want to get released today. Lord, we want to see a, a breakthrough today uh, in the, in particularly that in our members, in our bodies, that law of sin that's at work. We want to see a breakthrough. We want to see a deliverance, Lord, today. We want, we're calling for, for Jesus Christ who has delivered us. The Bible says He's delivered us. He's finished the work. He's a complete work. Lord, we want to lay hold of the finished work of the cross. We want to begin right now, Lord, to lay our sins before You. Confess our sins, Lord acknowledge our faults, Lord, and just say, Lord, come today. We choose Your sinless perfection. We choose that You walked on this earth and never sinned, never committed one sin, Lord, because You never allowed the law of sin to dominate You. And we confess to You right now, we have. You just confess to the Lord a particular area of Your life. Just confess to Him, Lord, I've allowed the law of sin to to have too much influence on me. The law of sin is working more in my life, Lord, than the law of love, the law of hope. I ask you to forgive me. Lord, just release that renewed mind. Lord, I'm just going to touch your head and just release that renewed mind. As you release release yourself in in Christ from the law of sin, Lord, I just release that the law of your mind the law of Jesus' mind the law of Jesus' mind yeah, the law of hope the helmet of salvation the helmet of deliverance the helmet of healing for these minds for these hearts this morning, Lord we just release that, Lord just release your your helmet, Lord your helmet, Lord it would overcome, Lord 
Galatians 2.20 power right now, Jesus. Galatians 2.20 power. 220 volts power. Lord, we just release it now in Jesus' name. Just release it, Lord. Power come. Oh, Lord, we just break off that old law, law of sin in our flesh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, answer every question. Lord, every heartache, every disappointment, Lord. Lord, help us not run from you, but run to you this morning. Lord, help us to see that there's a, a Jesus full of grace and full of love right here for us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the openings of heaven. Spiritual realm, get released right now. Thank you, Lord. Touch this heart, God. Touch this heart. Touch this mind.